welcome to episode 157 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to properly reflect on the passage of time. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, it's our sixth anniversary! First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, Hidden Leaders, and Get On Board. Then, we talk about all things Blitz, past, present, and future. And now, here are your hosts, Bambi and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the episode, and that is, once again, we are in the Tabletop Live Network Marathon for this month. Y'all know how the story goes. On the last weekend of the month, the Tabletop Live Network hosts a Twitch marathon. 12 board game streamers on Twitch all stream two hours back to back to back for 24 hours straight. And we are in the 8 p.m. Pacific time slot on Saturday, May 28th. So that is when you are going to want to tune in if you want to see what Ambie and I are going to be playing this month. And I'm not just being coy. We don't actually know what we're going to be playing yet as of recording. So you'll just have to find out. (laughs) Yep. Recently, I got a review copy of Hidden Leaders, which is a game for two to six players, 20 to 40 minutes. It was published in 2022 by BFF Games, designed by Andreas Muller, Marcus Muller, Raphael Stalker, and artist by Satoshi Matsuura. This is a kind of like bluffing card game, I guess. In the game Hidden Leaders, you have a hidden leader. That's <laughs> a card. Everyone is dealt a random card at the beginning, and the cards have two different colors on them. So there's four factions in the game and it's mainly a card game with a bunch of cards with different factions and different powers. So there's a red, green, blue, and black. They're called different things, red and green, and then like blue is water and black is undead. But each faction has a different victory condition. So you have a hidden leader with two of the factions. So if you have like blue and black, that means at the end of the game, there's different victory conditions for each of the factions. And if the black faction is the winner, then anyone who has that faction as their hidden leader, they win, but then there's a tiebreaker. So you win if you have that faction, and then also if you have played the most cards of that faction out in your tableau, which is like the cards in front of you. So you're gonna be getting cards and then playing them. Each card has different powers, like sometimes you can switch cards with other people, or the the main way of like victory is is this track in the middle that has a red and green token. And it just goes from like, maybe there's like 12 spaces or something. I'm not sure how many spaces. If red is two spaces in front of green, then red's going to win. If green's two spaces in front of red or more, then green's going to win. If they're next to each other, then blue's going to win. And if they're too far to the right, then black wins. And that like trumps everything else. That's at the end of the game. And the game ends when one player has at least so many face-up cards in front of them. It depends on the player count. So I played this at four players and at two players. I liked it a lot better at four players than at two players because when I played at two players, we just had opposite victory conditions. And then you're just like one person to play a card and move the tokens. And then the other person to play a card and just basically like move them back where they were kind of. So it was like an endless tug of war basically. Yeah, yeah. But then with with four players, there were multiple people going for like the blue one or going for the green one. And so you're kind of trying to hide which one you're going for because you want yours to win, but then you also want to have more cards played than the other people. And sometimes your cards get played face down and sometimes they get played face up. So you can kind of see some of the cards that they're playing and like, oh, this person's trying to get the green one up. So maybe they're going for green, but you have two win conditions. So you can switch partway through or have like hidden cards that are a different color. And then if multiple people are going for the same thing, then they kind of work together and like 
multiple people can tie, but then you want more cards of that to win. So I, I thought it was interesting at more players. I, I didn't really like it at two players as much. The interesting, like kind of working together with some people, to, but you don't know who you're working together with because because the win the your leader is hidden. That's the game. Yeah, the name of the game <laughs> happens a lot in this. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, because because of your hidden leaders, you don't know who you're working with. You think maybe someone is going towards something, and it happened. I thought Toby was going for the undead win, which is the black because he was moving cards up but like he didn't have that as a win condition someone else did and they were trying to too and i was just trying to move him back because i didn't have the black on my heat leader and then i ended up not winning uh everyone else had blue and they ended up tying and, and like one of them won but like i was the only one who didn't have blue <laughs> so they all like ended up putting putting the pieces together at the end and like that was the win condition for that and i'm like oh oh okay <laughs> i'm the odd one out but it was neat because then you you can end it not on your turn too because you, like some of the powers move cards so like when someone has six cards face up that's when the game ends but it doesn't have to be you yourself so like on your turn you can move a card from face up to someone else who has a bunch of cards and then that will end the turn so like you want to end it when your faction is winning so that was pretty interesting so yeah that's hidden leaders it, it's a really quick game too it says 20 40 minutes on bgg and that's accurate I think when I played two-player, it was like less than 15 minutes too. So very, very quick card game with some um, bluffing and like tug of war type thing. Awesome. Well, I recently got to try Get On Board New York and London, which is the reprinted version of the Japanese game Let's Make a Bus Route from Sashi and Sashi, which you all have heard me talk about multiple times throughout the years. But I will kind of give you all a brief description of how Let's Make a Bus Route works and then what's different in Get On Board because it is the same game, but there are a few things that have been changed. So to go to the original game, Let's Make a Bus Route, it is a flip and write game. That means basically that there are cards that'll flip over and then everybody is going to take the action that was on the particular card that got flipped, similar to a roll and write game, but no dice are involved. And in Let's Make a Bus Route, there is a shared community board that everyone is drawing on with uh, dry erase markers. So everybody is trying to make the best bus route possible by drawing their route onto the board and the cards that come up tell you what types of route segments you can draw on your turn. Each player has different route segments that they draw based on the card that gets flipped over. Everyone eventually does all of the exact same things, but they do them in a different order. So it's not every player doing the exact same thing every turn, which is interesting and good. And you're basically picking up passengers and dropping off passengers and trying to run through different points of interest on the map. In the original game, the double-sided board is two different cities in Japan. The rules are fairly easy, straightforward. You pick up tourists, you drop them at tourist locations. You pick up commuters, you drop them at bus stations. You pick up elderly people and they're happy because they just like riding the bus. <laughs> so you don't have to do anything with them after the fact. You pick up students and you want to run into enough universities to score those well too. Each player also has a secret objective with three points on the map that they want to try and make sure their route runs through. And then there are community objectives that everyone is going for that are variable. They could be like, be the first to pick up five elderly people or five tourists for instance. There's a lot of different things there. That's basically it for the original game. 
So get on board the new printing, which is from Yellow. Instead of being a flip and write game, there are now physical components to build your route. They're little pieces that you put out onto the board to build your route. So there's no drawing anymore, which I will admit I miss. I like the shared <laughs> experience of drawing on a board because that's so unique. Uh, like putting pieces on a board collectively feels very all the time in games, right? But drawing on a board feels special for some reason uh, because it's just not something that you see very often. Needless to say, that's not a ding against the new version. I just prefer the writing over the placement of little route pieces. Most of the scoring things are really similar in the new version, but there are actually a couple new ways to score. Uh, and the scoring is a little bit friendlier in one regard. There are special points of interest on the map that when you encounter them, you can score extra points at the end of the game, depending on what people you had picked up before you hit those points of interest. So if your route had gone through a certain number of people and then you hit one of those points of interest, you're going to get points at the end of the game. And there's a couple different ones of those. And then also in the original game, if you picked up tourists or commuters and did not drop them off before the end of the game, like if you had picked up some people and had not hit either a point of in or like a tourist location or a bus station before the end of the game, those people you had picked up were, were worthless to you. They didn't score you any points. And in the new game, you actually get half the points you would have scored for them if you would hit one of those points. So it helps you. Like if you've picked up a bunch of people and you haven't dropped them off yet, you can still score for those. There's still the shared objectives. There's still the unique player objectives. The artwork in the game is aesthetically really pretty. It's kind of like an old fashioned cartoon looking thing. But I will say I'm not super keen on how the diversity of the people in the game is distributed. Specifically, like, the businessman guy that's in there is, like, very kind of stereotypical white male-looking guy. And I, I think the diversity in the artwork could be a little bit better. Not the worst thing in the world, but it's worth pointing out. You know, this got went from a Japanese publisher to a French publisher, and I think that if they were going to do cartoony style artwork, they think they could have done a better job with it. But that's, you know, again, not the end of the world. Let's see, what else do I want to say about this? I just, I really enjoyed it. This board is also double-sided, but that's kind of deceptive because one side of the board is for two to three players and the other side is for four or five players. So it's one board, essentially. But I do like that there is a smaller board for two and three because... In the original game, if you played with two, often you wouldn't cross paths with people as much. And one of the mechanics in the game is traffic. Ooh, that's different in the new one too, because in the old game, it was whoever had the most traffic would get a penalty. And now all players get penalties for traffic. And it's just based on how much traffic each player got. They'll get negative points. Uh, and the more traffic you get, meaning your route has gone in the same direction as another route on the board, then you get more negative points. And on the smaller board, there are specific routes on the board that are automatically traffic. Like on the New York side of the board, like there's parts of the middle of New York where it's traffic no matter what. And that feels thematically appropriate. So I really <laughs> like that. Components are beautiful. Like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit Eh, on the diversity in the artwork, but other like I love the style of the artwork and the game is really fun. So if you do not own Let's Make a Bus Route and you've heard me talk about it and you want to play it, 
this is a good substitute, truly. Like, I would recommend this to anyone. I don't know if I'm going to put it into my own collection because I don't know if I need to own both, but I do like some of the new scoring things that happen in the new version. So yeah, Get On Board from Yellow and Sashi is unsurprisingly enjoyable <laughs> and I would definitely recommend it. And it's quick to play too. Like it really, it's 12 turns and they go by lightning fast. So I like it. Get On Board. Ambi. We have been making this podcast now for six years. Yay, we're so old. <laughs> <laughs> I I think everybody as they age realizes that the passage of time continually speeds up because each year is percentage-wise a smaller piece of your total life mm -hmm. the older you get and therefore they all feel faster. But I do have to say that us starting the podcast feels like a really long time ago to me now. Like, I think because mm -hmm. I was at such a different point in my life and as a board gamer mm -hmm. and I just like, it feels like we've come a really long way. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> like so many things have changed since we started the podcast. A lot. And not, I mean, for us and for the world and for mm -hmm. everything. It's funny because I feel like I've told the origin story of the podcast a lot of times, mm -hmm. but I don't think we've specifically mentioned it on the podcast in a while. And I imagine we probably have some new listeners who maybe don't know how this podcast came into existence. Yeah. So I remember we podcasted for the first like year or so, you and me and Cassidy who used to be the third co-host of Board Game Blitz without actually meeting each other in person, really. Yep. We were all complete strangers. Yeah. <laughs> and and we met through Reddit, which is surprising, I guess. <laughs> but it is now to me because yeah, I literally no. avoid everything on Reddit now, like almost entirely. Yeah. I actually go back a little bit for Train Tuesday because that's still happening. But <laughs> yeah, we used to be all be on Reddit and there was a thread asking like, what's missing from podcasts? And there were a lot more things missing from podcasts back then. <laughs> well, I mean, and we're talking specifically about the yeah. board game subreddit. Yes, board game. Board game just yeah. about board games, not podcasts yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But one of the things in that thread was like podcasts hosted by women because there weren't any board game podcasts hosted entirely by women. And then we all commented in that thread being like, hey. I'm a woman. <laughs> I can do that. We, can do we that. did. <laughs> yeah. We literally, all three of us, we had never spoken and we were all just like, we happened to chime in in that thread and be like, I'm a woman. I can maybe do that. <laughs> yeah. This, this is how friendships are made. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Because then we private messaged each other on Reddit and then eventually on Facebook Messenger yeah. and got to know each other for about what, like seven or eight months-ish, yeah. I think. And we actually did meet in person because I went to Vegas and... Um, you we, and I met. Cassidy yeah, we, had yeah, was not yeah, there, Yeah, we didn't meet. Yeah. So, so you and I met in person once. <laughs> and it was super awkward, but yeah. like not in a bad way, just because like you all were having brunch at one of the restaurants on the strip. And so I went mm -hmm. out and met you. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was like, I feel awkward because you guys were with your friends. And I was <laughs> like, I don't... This is weird. Like, here's this stranger that I might make a podcast with. <laughs> I don't want to blow past the fact that six years ago, which is not that long ago, there were no board game podcasts hosted entirely by women. Not mm -hmm. a single one. And that, to me, is still really sad that it took until 2016 
for that to happen, considering podcasting as a thing had been around for what, a decade and a half at that point? The way I kind of see the world is when it comes to certain things, I can complain about something that's bad or I can try and fix the bad thing. And in this instance, there was something that I tangibly could do and that we could do. (laughs) And so that was one of the reasons we started the show is because we believed that there were not enough women creators in the board game space. Mm -hmm. And then also the name Board Game Blitz, because another thing that people on Reddit complain about was that all the podcasts are like an hour or two hours or three hours long. Yep. Yeah. So we were like, oh, we should make it a a 30 minute podcast. And at the same time, I was also wanting to make shorter instructional videos because there weren't any like quick instructional videos back then. Overview videos also, there weren't really any many overview videos back then either. I think like quick, quicker, short videos, but now there are a lot. So, yeah, there are yeah. so many. And truly, the diversity of content creators in the board game space has improved dramatically in the past six years. I still don't think it is where it should be because mm-hmm. the diversity of board gamers is not completely represented in what you see in board game media, especially in some of the most popular board game content creation channels. And that's mm-hmm. not. I'm not hating on anybody, obviously, you know, but I think more people of color and more women have started making content and that's awesome. And they deserve the same levels of support that some of the more established white male content creators that have been around for a while get. And sometimes it's hard to break through the noise. So I would just say not just us, but like, If you see a new content creator pop up, listen to their show if it's a podcast or watch their Twitch stream and show them some love. It's tough to be a content creator. It really is. It's often a little thankless and it's definitely not getting anybody rich. (laughs) That's for (laughs) sure. But it's, it's been really neat to see all the new content creators that have sprung up, especially since the pandemic started, there have been some mm-hmm. really talented people that have sprung up. And honestly, a lot of them are in the Tabletop Live Network with us. So if you mm-hmm. if you are looking for new board game content, I would recommend trying to seek out things that aren't just the top page of Google or YouTube necessarily. Try and go off the beaten path a little bit. You might find something really delightful. Mm-hmm. Speaking of going off the beaten path, path, I would say that for me at least, becoming a content creator has helped expand my knowledge of board games especially, but my willingness to try different types of games that I maybe wouldn't have otherwise. For instance, well, just as an example that's not related to me, Ambie, when you and I started the podcast, you'd never played an 18xx game before. Yes. I don't know which, if that's because of the podcast. <laughs> well, no, not necessarily, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> oh. we've we've changed and evolved a lot yes. as gamers since uh-huh. we started the show. Yes. Well, part of that is just because it's been, I mean, six years is a long time in board game years. <laughs> because like, <laughs> you know, like a game that came out two years ago is old, right? So people right. Are like, so... In board game years, (laughs) six years is is a long time and tastes can change a lot just naturally too. So I think that's part of it. But yeah, and then like life's changing. I think we talked about this in our 150 episode. Yeah, Yeah. we talked about this somewhat recently. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm generally more kind when it comes to judging Mm. 
certain types of board games. I think most hobby gamers kind of go through these phases where like when you start off, you're kind of playing some of the more mass market things with your friends, you know, all the cards against humanity or things of that ilk. And then if you get into the hobby a little deeper, you start picking up some of the more strategic stuff. And I think many of us, and I am including myself in this, hit a point where you start getting judgy for a little while. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, ugh, Monopoly, Scrabble, <laughs> like, ugh. Like, and I definitely went through that phase where when somebody would ask me, you know, when I'd say I play board games and they'd say like Monopoly, and I'd say, oh no, not like Monopoly. But that's not mm -hmm. true. Yes, like Monopoly. Yes, like even if I don't want to play Monopoly, which for the record, Monopoly is not bad. I own a copy of Monopoly Tropical Tycoon and I will still play it. Just saying Monopoly is not as bad as a lot of hobby gamers make it out to be. Regardless, tangent, the judginess, I think, comes from like, you know, you've gained all this knowledge and you feel a little bit superior, I think, to people who mm -hmm. don't know about this cool thing that you know about. And then once you get over that pretty awful hump of not good stuff, then you realize, oh, board games are for everybody and mm -hmm. there is a game for everybody and there's every, uh, there's a person for just about every game. Now, there are exceptions to that rule and there are some board games which I believe are not good. And I think Cards Against Humanity for me would fall into that category because of the content, not because of the game or the mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And I've become less forgiving over time about games that punch down, that use humor to punch down to specific groups or individuals. And I think that you can find lots of party games now that don't do that, that are just as fun. I'm not going to be upset with somebody using Cards Against Humanity to introduce potentially hobby gaming to somebody, but I will try and kindly suggest alternatives when given an opportunity to. I'm not going to, you know, like tell somebody they're bad for playing Cards Against Humanity, but I might say, hey, have you ever heard of a game called Telestrations or maybe uh, Time's Up or something like that, that, you know, has a similar vibe, but isn't making fun of marginalized groups of people. <laughs> yeah. And um, as you're saying before, like getting judgy about games like Monopoly. Yeah. Having the podcast and being a content creator has helped me be more accepting that games that, that this game will be for this type of person and like trying to see this game you you like these parts of the game like because reviewing games you know someone else created that game and, and like we create stuff we know what that's like and so just like tr trying to find the good in all games even if I personally don't like them and like even if I wouldn't want to play the game again I know like other people would and then, then also I think I'm a lot of games I would play if like someone really wanted to play it I think <laughs> oh yeah no for me too like because through our discussions with each other and with the community we've gotten to see the the camaraderie and the like love that is around board games and for me it is often about the experience and the people yeah. more than the game yeah like if somebody came up to me and they desperately wanted to play a game that i've stated i really don't like and that's really the game that they want to play tonight and they want to play mm -hmm. it with me hell yeah let's do it let's play that game <laughs> especially getting to play a game with somebody that they love can be lots of fun just watching mm -hmm. the joy that someone else experiences with a thing like that's enjoyable for me and mm -hmm. honestly a lot of the time Getting to do something with somebody that enjoys a thing will help you enjoy it more too and find the things in it that maybe before you were discounting. Yeah. It's basically made me more thoughtful 
it's that whole not judging a book by its cover thing, but it's a little deeper than that, you know? Just like a few plays of a game and I may not like it, but what does it do well? And who mm. who would appreciate this? Thinking about things like that that I wouldn't have thought yeah. of before I was a content creator. Yeah, because there's like no reason really to think about that when <laughs> if you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder like if I weren't a content creator, if I would still kind of think about that stuff or... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard, hard to know. It is. It's, it's definitely hard to know. But we definitely have come into contact with more people and like met more people in the board gaming hobby because of being content creators. So we've met a wide variety of people who like a wide variety of games. Whereas like without that, I probably would just know like the people that I play games with and like my coworkers and friends and stuff. And so that's a narrower group of interests, I guess. But now we know like a lot more people through just content creation and people who listen to our podcast and stuff and people that we've met and they all like different types of games. So that's pretty neat. And for those of you who only consume our podcast, we I know we mentioned sometimes in the outro uh, some of the other things we do, but we did want to like talk more specifically about how our content has grown, increased, and changed over the years. So Ambi earlier mentioned that she was doing how to play and overview little short videos mm-hmm. on our YouTube channel. And Ambi, you've started doing even more stuff on our YouTube channel as of mm-hmm. late. Yeah, I haven't done how to plays that much recently because those take a lot of time. <laughs> so but actually i have been doing how to plays in song form for children's games they also take a long time but but i like making songs <laughs> and and then i've been doing like overviews of children's games and then i actually oh oh when this podcast comes out my first review video ever will be out <gasps> That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was like scared to make a review, like an official review video. I've made overview videos and like stuff with, with a little bit of talking in it, but like not an actual review video. And, and yeah, that will be my first review is out. So you can go watch that. It's for Tragedy Looper, which I've talked about before. But um, yeah. Do we have an official Blitz rating scale? I I haven't talked uh, to no, you about no, this. No, no, I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm so bad at doing like ratings and numbers and stuff, which is part of why like I was just scared to do like how am I going to get the review right and stuff. And so I'm like, okay, no, I'm just not going to have rating. <laughs> then I don't have to worry about that. And then I just say what I like about it. And that's mainly the review. <laughs> so hopefully that is good. And in addition to our YouTube channel, we also obviously, as we mentioned a lot, stream on Twitch <laughs> and our Twitch content has in- increased significantly since the pandemic started. And we've mm-hmm. we've fallen into a fairly regular schedule. Like we're streaming two times a week, almost always without fail. And then occasionally a little bit more than that. Yep. That's fun too. I know I've talked to a lot of people who say things like, oh, I don't do Twitch or I've never been on Twitch before. You know, people will say things like, like, who wants to watch somebody play a game? Like, a lot of people kind of have that mentality. And I would say, you know, if you enjoy board games or video games, as it were, considering Twitch has a lot of that on there too, obviously, maybe give it a try. You might find that the communities that form around Twitch channels are kind of, in my mind, more of the draw than Mm -hmm. the like it's not always just about the board game or the video game that someone's playing it's about the conversation Mm -hmm. that happens around the game and within the community and in the chat and so Mm -hmm. if you're someone who enjoys you know joining communities and finding camaraderie and friendship that's a good way to do it 
it's sometimes really neat to get to like, oh, this they're playing a board game that I'm kind of interested in and I don't really know a whole lot about. You may not get like all of the details of every rule and every nuance of the mechanisms, but it'll give you an overview of how a game plays and it might give you a better idea of whether you should pick it up or not. Yeah, and one of the great things about our Twitch streaming is the Crystal Streams community game nights, and that includes gaming with people in our Discord. So we also have a Discord, (laughs) which we've mentioned, and there's a link in the show notes. But if you join our Discord, you can play games with us, and it's not always on stream. I would play like a couple times a week, I think, once on stream and once not on stream. Lots of games on Board Game Arena and other places. I actually can't join them usually because I'm busy. But a lot of people just love playing games together and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. We also, the Discord isn't just about, you know, voice chat and playing games. There are people that do puzzle hunts together. We have Mm -hmm. a Star Trek channel where I and others (laughs) chat about all of the cool stuff happening in Star Trek because there's a lot of Star Trek fans in our Discord. I'm sure that's my fault, probably. (laughs) And I know a lot of people have joined a lot of Discords during the pandemic and they're probably like, oh my gosh, not another Discord. But ours is fairly low key and not crazy like intense like the conversations aren't like non-stop constant all the time so there's not too much to keep up with if that's something that's important to you and we also mm-hmm. uh ambi set up a lot of cool like things that you can specifically like do reactions to certain messages and only get notified when certain things happen so you can kind of modify how you want to get notified about stuff in our discord which is neat Mm -hmm. something that we did very early in the tenure of our podcast at the recommendation of i think joe sondo actually Mm -hmm. i think it was joe that told us he said yeah when when you start your show launch a patreon it didn't seem early at the time because we had already been doing the show for like a few months or something or maybe it, it was like a year into the show maybe I don't remember. Yeah, but but it felt like a long time into the show back then, but now it's been for so long. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, I'm going to probably misquote Joe, who is a good friend of the show and an awesome Mm -hmm. content creator in his own right, who streams on Twitch Mm -hmm. and also runs a whole bunch of really cool Twitter accounts. Mm -hmm. So if you're not following Joe, Ambie will maybe put a link in the show notes to something Joe related. (laughs) Because Joe's pretty awesome. But he said basically along the lines of, Like, it doesn't cost you anything to start a Patreon. It's free. And if people want to give you money for the content you're making, let them. Give them a way to do that. Let them thank you for the content you're making if they want to. And so we did launch a Patreon early in our podcast's tenure. And we've been so grateful and appreciative to the people who have supported us on Patreon over the years. It's not a ton and it never needed to be. We do put out some exclusive content for the patrons, most specifically and frequently the unedited audio for Mm. our show. Every single episode gets put up on Patreon. So if you want to hear some of our little commentary between (laughs) segments or us screwing up occasionally, you know, that's kind of fun for some people to listen to. And so our patrons get access to that stuff. And we also have talked recently about revamping our Patreon, not in like a bad way, but just like, how can we refresh it or make it new? And honestly, if you all, anyone listening out there has ideas for stuff that you'd like to see on our Patreon, please feel free to hit us up and let us know because, you know, the world is our oyster, the sky's the limit, all of the idioms, we could do whatever we want with it. And we do want to make sure that the people that are supporting 
supporting us, even if they are just saying thank you for making content, that we, you know, they do get some benefit out of it as well. We don't want it to just be people throwing a dollar a month at us for nothing. And that is our lowest tier level. We've always had a $1 level. So technically for $12 a year, you can get access to some cool stuff. And that's, I'd say a pretty good deal considering... But we also specifically really appreciate the, the patrons who back at larger mm -hmm. tiers because, you know, that has made it e a lot easier over the years for us to do things. Like there were specific cons and equipment purchases and other things like that that were facilitated by our Patreon. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to discount that. We really appreciate the support we've received from the community, mo both monetarily and otherwise. Yep. All right, so to finish off this episode, we were going to read some of comments from listeners. We asked for comments a couple days ago, so <laughs> we didn't give you much time, but about what it, memories you have about the show. So over on BGG, our guild, Harley Winfrey said, there have been so many great memories over the years. I think one of my favorite kinds is all of the musical moments and song parodies, especially the ballroom blitz video. I hope the show continues on as long as you keep having fun making it. Thank you for all of the great content and happy anniversary. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that was so sweet. Yeah, um, and, and I, I liked the Ballroom Blitz video too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Honestly, like, I mean, we still use GIFs from that video yeah. as our Twitch alerts because it's so fun. It's <laughs> the three, you, you, me, and Cassidy just dancing mm -hmm. around, acting silly. And that was the first time we ever met yeah. each, all of each other, all of us in person. And yeah. we went to Meepleville here in Vegas and danced ridiculously in front of strangers. With our me pillows. With our me pillows. <laughs> yep, no, I still have Blitzstool, uh, my me <laughs> oh, yeah, pillow that you made me. me. <laughs> and I have Blitzbee. Harley is has been a fan of the show and a friend of ours for quite mm -hmm. a while. He actually is local here to in Las Vegas to me. I did not know him before we started the show, but he and his partner started coming to my Thursday night meetup and I got to know them a little bit better. And they are just the nicest people in the world. Over on Twitter, our good, good, good friend of the show, uh, John, aka Hornist, said, congrats for an amazing six years with all the great banter, musical parodies, etymology, and a small number of bloopers along the way. Thank you, Crystal, Ambie, and Cassidy for sharing your passion for board games with the community. Thank you, Hornist. <laughs> yeah, small number of bloopers, yep. Just, just a couple. Just a couple yeah. bloopers. Yeah, that unedited audio, it's definitely its normal and has no bloopers in it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Also on Twitter, Simon Callahan said, Six years of board game blitz. Congrats. It feels like only yesterday that you started. Thanks for the awesome show and for those karaoke streams you had. And who that's a throwback. Oh. We, uh, wow, yeah. we used to, yeah, because Twitch Sings was a program that we yeah. used to stream. Uh, it was online karaoke that multiple people could join in on. And it was so much fun. And when that went away, when all the DMCA mm -hmm. stuff happened on Twitch, we were a little heartbroken because we loved to do hosting karaoke night on our Twitch channel. Yeah, that was fun. I miss I it miss a lot. Things, yeah. <laughs> I've actually looked into Discord bots that could theoretically like host oh. karaoke in the Discord. And mm -hmm. I, I've I found some things, but nothing that like struck me immediately as, oh yeah, this will definitely work because mm -hmm. there's still the latency issue. Yeah. Like when you're, yeah. so you can't, but I, I don't know. Yeah, like each person would just have to do it themselves maybe. <laughs> kind of, but I think there are things yeah. that can help facilitate it. For the record, mm -hmm. if somebody out there knows how to host karaoke in a Discord channel well, please tell us because <laughs> yeah. I would be more than happy to host karaoke night in our Discord channel if there was a good way to do it. 
Also over on Twitter, big friend of the show and friend of ours, Eric Summerer, said that he was really psyched when we brought up Croca Curling on our Lawn Games episode. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, Eric is a huge fan of curling in all forms, the sport. And we were talking about like the Crokinole curling hybrid yeah. that exists i think we I, I had forgotten what the name was so i don't think you even said the name but yes it's, i don't it's think we did but i put it in the show notes though i think like yeah we talked <laughs> about it yeah some of our friends from tabletop live network submitted comments ruel gaviola said congrats on your sixth anniversary crystal and ambi i've always enjoyed your friendly conversations and have a deep respect for your board game knowledge thank you for producing such a wonderful podcast and here's to many more episodes of board game blitz and he he added that he and his wife Michelle always sing along with our Twitch alerts. <laughs> so, board game blitz. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Board, board game, game blitz. blitz. Yeah, we've we've established that ballroom blitz is now board game blitz in the world of board games. One hundred percent. My kids even know that. They're like board game blitz. Da 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 da. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You should you should get them to sing uh, our parody song, <laughs> our, our new theme song. <laughs> yep, new theme song. More of our TLN friends. Panda Angel, Amanda Panda said, "Congrats, Crystal and Ambie. Thank you for Board Game Blitz. I love how your friendship shines through. You are both a beacon of light, love, and fun in this community. Here's to many more years. So thank you, Panda. Thank you. And then Joe Phantom Meeple, who is the newest member of the Tabletop Live Network, just joined. We're very excited to have him as part of TLN. Said, congrats, Crystal and Ambie. You two are a pleasure to watch. And here's to another six years. So thanks, Joe. Yay. Six more years. Six more years. Woo! (laughs) And last but certainly not least, Starbuck from Room 51 said, congratulations, Ambie and Crystal. I love how chill Ambie is and how upbeat Crystal is. It makes for a very nice combo. And I feel like I'm really there with you on a couch or something watching y'all play. And that honestly, like, (laughs) that really like warms my heart because... Ambie, I don't, I don't know from your point of view, but I think when we started the show, it was very evident, at least to me, mm-hmm. that I was the extrovert of the group <laughs> yeah. and the talkative one. And I can be a little bit overwhelming and I can definitely talk too much in any conversation, basically. And mm-hmm. I worried that I was going to annoy the crap out of you and Cassidy. <laughs> like, I was like, they are not going to put up with me for very long. There's no way. We have very different personalities and we yeah. like different types of games. And I had no idea if we would be, if we would vibe, right? Because we were strangers mm-hmm. from the internet. How, like, <laughs> what are the chances that we would actually genuinely become friends and it would work? It's pretty cool that it did. <laughs> but yeah, it, I think it's good that we have like different tastes in games and like different vibes because it like complements each other. So then people get the whole range of <laughs> things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that works out well. Yeah. And I was worried that I wouldn't be able to add anything because like I didn't talk much. <laughs> like, oh. It was interesting because early on when we didn't have, we didn't understand each other's conversational flow. Mm-hmm. It was tough for me because as a talkative extrovert person, my brain is compelled to fill silence. So when we would be recording and things would go silent, I often struggled to let that silence happen, even knowing Mm -hmm. we could edit it out. And I think, I hope, over the years, I've gotten better at not having to fill every single moment with me, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Yeah, and editing silence is super easy. (laughs) 
Well, we appreciate all of the people who submitted comments. We will link to the Twitch channels of the TLN streamers who commented because we want to make sure that they get your all's support as well. They are super awesome. And I, I don't know, it's, it's hard for me to put into words what the past six years have meant to me. The friendship that I've developed with you, Ambie, has been a blessing for sure and has been something really magical. And, you know, I've loved getting to see you and Toby, your relationship grow and you got pregnant and you had babies and I got to meet the babies and they're the cutest oh, kids yeah. in the world. Don't tell my nephews. And... <laughs> But I appreciate all of the things that this podcast has brought me personally. And mm -hmm. I really hope that, you know, uh, uh, some of the people outside of the two of us have gotten some good stuff out of it as well. Yeah, me too. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. If you missed the Game Town campaign for Last Light, don't worry. Late pledges are available. Just head to lastlightgame.com. And Blitzkiteers always get 20% off non-exclusive items at greyfoxgames.com with the promo code GFGBLITZ2022. Join the Blitzkiteer community for discussions and online game nights on Discord by following the link in the show notes. Help other people find our show by leaving a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and an invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Now. Until next time, I've had the game of my life. No, I've never played this way before. Yes, I swear those points too. And I owe this turn to you. Bye, everyone. Bye! Well, just head to lastlightgame.com and... Oh. <laughs> That's the end of the sentence. <laughs> okay. <laughs>